is going to be a great episode with my friend Lance Kronberger at Freelance Outdoor Adventures. I went on a doll sheep hunt with him two years ago in the Chugach. It was just an incredible experience. Harvested an 11-year-old double broomed ram. Just an unbelievable uh, time with Lance and his crew. And it's going to be fun to talk to him here. Uh, before we get to that, guys, I want to thank you specifically for your loyalty to this podcast. I appreciate all of the comments and uh, all of uh, the questions and all of the interaction that I have with you guys. Uh, if you'd like to send me a message uh, or a question or chat with me about something, you can send me an email at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. You can also go to my Instagram page at jscottoutdoors. You can send me a direct message there. I love interacting with you guys, so keep that up. Uh, I also want to thank the sponsors of the podcast, and I appreciate if you would support these sponsors. I hear from them every day how you guys uh, are so loyal and, and do reach out to them. Uh, first, I'd like to thank uh, GoHunt.com, the gear shop, my friend Cody Nelson of 20-plus years. He's the optics manager. If you guys have any optical needs at all, whether it be rifle scopes, spotting scopes, range finders, tripods, anything to do with glassing. If you're looking to, to just talk glassing or if you're looking to buy optics, give Cody a call at 702-847-8747. That's extension 2. You can also text him or call him on his cell phone, 602-399-3699. I really appreciate Go Hunt's support of this podcast. I want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. You'll probably hear about Kuyu in this podcast here with Lance. He's a big Kuyu supporter. He has helped them develop a lot, a lot of different products. Uh, if you want to hear more about Kuyu, go to Kuyu.com, K-U-I-U.com. Uh, Kuyu Ultralight Hunting Gear. It's the best gear on the market. It's what I wear on all my hunts. I've been wearing it now, I think, since the end of 2010, beginning of 2011. Uh, just incredible stuff. Uh, Kuyu.com to find out more. I also do a question and answer session a, a couple times a week. Uh, feel free if you have any questions about Kuyu, you can send me a direct message on Instagram or an email. I'll be happy to answer uh, any questions you have. And then Kuyu Customer Service also has uh, a great staff there that can answer any questions you have. Uh, also want to thank Phonescope, uh, Phonescope.com. Uh, if you use the JScott19 promo code, you're going to get a 10% discount there. That's the digiscoping device that I use for all the videos and photos on my Instagram page. And then last but not least, onyxmaps.com. Onyx is the best Western hunting resource uh, for mapping and be able to navigate and, and get yourself around in, out there in the woods. I use Onyx for my hunting and fishing and my real estate business, uh, and it's an integral part of what I do. Uh, you can go also on my Instagram. I'm constantly doing tutorials on how to use Onyx and how I use Onyx. So uh, if you go to onxmaps.com, use the jscott19 promo code, you're going to get a 20% discount. Uh, and I thank them for their support and the rest of the sponsors. Guys, let's get right to this episode. And again, thanks for your support. Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast, guys. We have my friend Lance Kronberger from Alaska, Freelance Outdoor Adventures, and Cinder River uh, Outfitters. Uh, is that right, Lance, Cinder River Outfitters? Yeah, we call it Cinder River Lodge. Okay. And uh, I was fortunate to hunt with Lance uh, in the Chugach, uh, not last year but the year before, and shot an awesome doll sheep. Um, had just an incredible time with Lance and his guys. I was able to take Dar with me and 
Um, it was great to hunt with Lance and his crew. I've been wanting to do it a long time and had Lance on the podcast before. So, Lance, it's uh, great to have you. Uh, it's great to be here, and it's, it's that time of year to start, start thinking about next year, even though it's just come to an end. Yeah, for sure. Um, we're going to talk about Alaska and talk about the draw hunts and some of the, the hunts that people can just call up and buy from you. Uh, but before we do that, uh, you just got done uh, on Tiburon. How did that go? Good, good. Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's always nice to get out of the cold for a little bit in the winter, so I usually go down to Mexico and do uh, just help guys on desert sheep uh, a couple times during the winter, and we went down to Tiburon, and um, Tiburon's a pretty cool spot to, to hunt desert sheep because you can kind of do it what I would call Alaska style. So, you know, we load up our backpacks and we went for six days and just slept uh slept in the desert and they just kept on bringing us more food and water and we just kept on moving and had a great time killed a nice ram uh and saw lots of sheep you know the one thing about hunting desert sheep down there uh a lot more vegetation than people realize and it, it's not a it's not a slam dunk that's for sure i'm sure um you've got your own challenges when we slept in the chugach with you know, ice and glaciers and all that kind of stuff, and then you sleep out there on Tiburon, you've got snakes and spiders and scorpions and all sorts of things that you have uh, probably have to uh, think about as well. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a different, it's a different deal. But, you know, I'll take, uh, I'll take all those things versus uh, the ice and the wind and the rain. Uh, maybe I'm just, uh, I'm just <laughs> ready for something to be a little uh, less wet. <laughs> a little uh, more mild? Less wet, yeah. <laughs> It seems like everything that you focus on is uh, wet and cold and miserable, which is kind of your uh, theme uh, there on your website, and you, you laugh about it, but it's truly, um, you know, getting to spend time with you and your crew on the Chugach, uh, you know, we get to see a lot of that. And I, I think relatively we had pretty darn good weather, um, you know, had a little bit of rain that one day where we were rained in, but, I mean, for the most part it was pretty good. Um, Let's dive into the Alaska portion of, with the deadline coming up, I believe it's here on the 16th. Uh, let's do kind of a general overview for those people listening. Uh, describe your different operations and how you operate as far as getting hunters in and out, getting them applied, you know, the draw, uh, some of the hunts you offer that aren't the draw. So just kind of give us the general overview of how you operate. Gotcha. So... You know, the, the, the doll sheep portion of our business, uh, the doll sheep and the goat portion, which is, operates in the Chugach, which in, within 14C and within Toke, um, those are done by, you know, done with our partner, John Rydeen. He's the registered guide. He's been with us for 12 years. Um, you know, he came on, and, and, and as we've expanded, he's taken over uh, being the registered guide on that. We work together. We're still, you know, Nikki's doing all the, the applications and, and stuff, and so it's it's really been beneficial because our our operation is big enough that we have the guides we need, like you got to see on on your hunt, and we are able to keep those guides year after year after year because we're able to have enough hunters to where we have this continuity. So the as a business and as an outfitter doing only draw sheep hunts, that's a that's a that's a tough part because you don't know how many you're going to get. But um, we've been doing it long enough and been having enough applicants that I think each year 
um, we kind of have you know six or eight guys that draw and uh, and we're able to do a good job and, and and so looking at doll sheep across North America we just kind of look at it as if you draw poker 14c you've got a really good chance of being successful and the chances of killing something that's a little bit above average is better and and you're doing it for a noticeable discount versus going on a Canadian hunt. Yeah, for sure, Lance. I think I got to see that first firsthand. You know, on the same summer, basically, I drew. Uh, excuse me, I bought a hunt in the Northwest Territories at Arctic Red, um, and it was a considerable amount of money more than my Alaska hunt and the travel. Uh, was considerably more, uh, you know, I, I did two in one summer, and, um, you know, flying into Anchorage, I want to say my ticket was only like 400 bucks or something just to fly in there, whereas when I flew into the Northwest Territories, you know, I had, you know, three or four different stops. I had an overnight stop. Uh, sometimes, possibly, I could see where you'd have two nights of overnight, uh, you know, uh, in, um, you know, there in Edmonton, uh, and then wherever you end up in your final destination. But, uh, you know, from a travel standpoint, I want to say it's probably a 10, probably a $12,000 or $15,000 more of an expense to go uh, to, to Canada to do doll sheep. Uh, the benefit for that, though, is you can most times just buy a tag and you don't have to be subject to the draw. With those draw hunts, Lance, you talk about the toke in 14C, Within those units, there are several subsets of units within the unit that you can actually apply for. Talk a little bit about kind of the differences. Some are a little bit better draw than others and, and what have you. So within, we'll start with 14C. Within 14C, there's, you know, there's four or five subunits. Um, of course, we have the certain ones we like better than others um, that we apply guys in. And, and within those units, they have three different hunt periods. And those are, those are dates. And so, of course, the first hunt has way more applicants than the second or the third hunt. And so, you know, what we have found is if guys really want to hunt the opening of the unit, we'll, we'll put them in for the early hunts. And then the guys who are saying, hey, when do I have the better chance of odds to draw, we'll put them in for the second type of, of, of time frame. The third hunt, we have kind of stayed away from. We had done it for a long time, but it starts in the you know, first week of September, and we can end up with, you know, 10 days of weather that are not conducive to hunting sheep. And we've just decided that, you know, the little bit you may gain in odds uh, isn't worth the chances of having a hunt that is that is mostly weathered out. Um, it's not like that every year, but we've just decided that we don't want to take those chances. And so we apply guys in basically three different units in 14C for the first hunt and the second hunt. We kind of spread them out. 14C is, you know, here's one thing that's been, you know, it, 14C is rugged. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of brush. There's a lot of places you got to go. And kind of like um, we did on your hunt, you, you need to be able to travel and you need to be able to to carry a backpack a, a fair amount of, of, of distance. Um, you know, we tend to throw a lot of manpower at a hunt, 
but the ma- the fact of the matter is guys still got to get there so um those those hunts are physical um they're a great experience knock on wood we've had really good success we had three hunters draw in uh 14c last year all three harvested uh nice rams so it was good um toke has two hunts has an early hunt which starts august 10th and goes through the 25th and then they have a second hunt which starts august 26th we we apply hunters in both those hunts they're both good uh the toke has more sheep than 14c that's there's just there's there's more sheep there's more rams the country is a little bit easier to get around and, and what i mean is like on your hunt when we saw in 14c when we saw sheep uh a group of rams or you hunted a valley if you said okay we're done hunting this valley there's not what we want let's go look at another spot it was a major ordeal to go to another spot in the toke it's not as big a deal you want to just kind of keep poking along um you can hunt two or three different drainages basically from from one spot um so that that you know makes it a little bit easier but the misconception we've found with the hunters that have been showing up the last couple of years is they think that they've drawn a toke tag that it's easy and it's not physically easy you're still sheep hunting guys still need to be in great shape if if chugach is a 10 a toke is a, a 9.5 you still need to be able to go um and that that you know being able to go is what determines success and and so that's you know that's kind of a breakdown on where we apply people but the fact of the matter is is it's about a 5% draw when you put uh all six choices in and you just need to be lucky. Lance, um, does it help, or can you put all all six of your choices? Can it be one hunt, or do you have to stagger them out? And that may be a dumb question, but I get that question a lot on, on some of these different states. Of can I just apply all six of my cho- or all five or six of my choices for one unit, one hunt? You know, how does that work? Absolutely, we can put all six units. All six choices for one hunt just puts your, basically in Alaska what it does is it puts your name in the hat six times. Um, And so basically uh, you have your name in the hat six times. If they draw your name out twice, you get your your earlier hunt in, in, in the order you apply. So if you want to put all six in for one hunt, that's not a problem. Um, we do that with guys. We spread guys out. We we kind of customize where people are applying. Um, like I said, there's there's six or eight units we're applying, guys. So I have some guys that say, hey, just put me in where you think I got the best odds. And so we kind of spread guys out. Um, you know, so our application kind of has a little questionnaire, and that allows us to kind of figure out where we think the hunt would be the best fitted for, for each guy. And then, Lance, you mentioned Nikki, uh, Nikki being your wife, um, and I, I say Nikki's the backbone of the operation when I see her and give her a big hug, uh, but she handles all of, like, like if people listening want to apply, they basically just need to get a hold of Nikki. She emails an application and, and helps them through the process. The application, you guys have really refined it, and it makes it really, really easy. She can handle everything. From the time someone hears this to the time they want to apply, all they have to do is contact Nikki, correct? Correct. They just, you know, if they emailed us at freelance 
oa at mac.com. If they email us, Nick, you'll get right back to them with an application. In the state of Alaska, they have it set up to where they want all the outfitters doing the application. And so we have a, a special code we have to put in with the application with John as, uh, as the registered guide. So Nikki handles all that. And I don't, I mean, you outfit hunts, you're dealing with outfitters. The amount of paperwork that, in, that allows us to actually operate and stuff is key. And, you know, without my wife being fully involved in the business, I, I wouldn't be able to be in the field. Um, and, you know, I don't want to say the way we do it's the best way. It's just that's how we do it. And um, I'm in the field. I'm training guides. I'm with guides. You know, if you come with, with a hunt, and you've got to see it firsthand, if you got, come on a hunt and guides are doing it a certain way, it's because that's the way I've showed them to do it. It might not be the best way, but um, when a guy books a hunt or he draws a tag and I say, this is how we're going to do it, that's how we're doing it in each one of our camps. And um, that just, you know, it, it's worked for us. and We've been successful, so we're going to stick with it. Yeah, no, I mean, that was one of the things that I enjoyed so much about our hunt is, is the uniformity, you know, from, from head to toe. Uh, all the guides were on the same page. Uh, everybody thought the same. Everybody was working together. There was, you know, great vibes. Uh, you know, there was no um, animosity between guides. And Lance, I think you do a good job of weeding through the guys that, you know, might be a great hunter, might be able to find sheep, but they just can't re relate to people well, uh, you know, or different things that might get them weeded out. But uh, you, you do have a phenomenal uh, group of guides, and it was, it was great to... Um, you know, get to get to meet all of them. Uh, so, Lance, people listening to this podcast, they they also have the option of hunting in Alaska in non-draw areas. And you and I have talked about it before. We talked about it on the sheep hunt. And there's lots of people that go to Alaska and are successful hunting doll sheep in non-draw areas. But from your perspective, putting in for draw hunts gives you a much better experience, uh, less people. Talk a little bit about, in your opinion, the downside of just going out there and hunting out in the open units uh, from a hunter's perspective. So when a guy draws a tag with us and I say, we're going to go hunt 14C in, in the unit you drew, I know how many other resident hunters have that tag. I know, you know, some of them aren't going to show up. I got a general idea of, of what the competition in the area is going to be like. And so I can sleep good at night because I kind of like, all right, I know how much pressure is going to be in here. When we were doing hunts in the open areas, you never knew how much pressure you were going to have in an area because the residents can hunt a sheep every year. Um, and within Alaska, unless you have a federal land concession, um, if you're hunting state land, there's no limit to the number of guides that can hunt there. Now, there's lots of great places to go sheep hunting in Alaska that are over-the-counter. I just couldn't do it as an outfitter because every year was you didn't know what you were going to get for other pressure. And on top of that, like, you know, you killed your ram. The second we got back to service, 
you want to share all those pictures with everybody. Well, when you're hunting a general area, I got to be saying you can't show anybody because I can't let people see because people figure out where you're hunting and then all of a sudden it's no longer a secret. And so from, from the start to finish, you know, I want to be able to see you at the show, see every client at the show. And even though we're not going to be 100% success for our, for our career, I want to know at the end of the day, man, I had a great chance of everybody being successful. And so that's why we do the draw hunts. And, and uh, I, I'm not going to speak too much on everybody's uh, operation because I don't know each one, other outfitters. But I will say this. Without hunting the draw areas, there's no limit on the number of residents that could be hunting that area. Yeah. <coughs> Lance, <coughs> there is a waiting period as well. I believe I'm in the waiting period uh, because I harvested a doll sheep. How long do I have to wait before I can apply? You have to wait four years. So you can only kill a, a ram in Alaska every four years. Now, that does not mean if you come hunting and you're unsuccessful, that that four week, that four year wait is only for harvest. Okay, so if you kill one, you have to wait four years. Correct. Okay, so I can start applying uh, once that four year window is over and and go back and so that and there's no limit. So like every four years, if you drew, you could potentially kill a ram every four years if 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 you were in the part of the five percent or so that drew. Absolutely, and I kind of recommend if you like sheep hunting you should just be putting in every year that you're eligible because uh, it's probably the least expensive good sheep hunt you'll go on if you can draw a tag. So, I, you know, for what it costs, it's under 200 bucks to get your six choices in and your hunting license. Um, I just, I recommend everybody puts in and, you know, when it's all said and done, you know, I got some guys that have drawn multiple tags now and um, have killed multiple sheep, and they're just like, I'm just going to keep putting in uh, until I can't walk anymore. That's awesome. Fantastic. Uh, let's talk a little bit. You mentioned talking about the toke and people coming in thinking that the toke is that much easier, and, and it's really not. Um, we've talked before. I've had you on the podcast, and we've talked a little bit about this, but talk about the, the difference in the sheep as far as the ram's horns in the Chugach compared to the toke, uh, I remember the last podcast you distinctly saying there was definitely kind of a different look, a, a, you know, a different flavor, if you will, of, of the horns, the configuration from the toke to the chugach. Talk about that. Gotcha. So, just, you know, the chugach has a, the reputation for having heavy bases, and they do, but don't, I, the misconception is everybody thinks they have a a two-edge tag, they're going to show up and there's going to be rams with 14-inch bases running around everywhere. That's not true. Um, there's, just, there's just a better potential for one of those rams to, to, uh, to show up than there is like in the toke. But the toke has the longer horn flaring rams. Um, they have a better chance of, of, of an older ram having its lamb tips and not brooming. In 14C, the horn configuration is a little bit tighter to the head, and therefore when they're, when they're button heads during the rut and uh, establishing the pecking order, they tend to broom more. So you'll have more broomed, heavier broomed rams uh, in, in the Chugach than you will in Toke, just like your ram, uh, 11-year-old ram, and it was double broomed. 
Um, not saying we don't get those in the toke, but we could very easily have an 11-year-old ram that still has his lamb tips in the toke. Um, and, and so your chance of having a, a flaring, good-looking tipped ram in the toke is much greater than 14C. Let's shift gears a little bit here and talk about your mountain goat hunting. Um, go ahead and tell us about the uh, where you hunt and, and how those hunts go and what people need to do to, to draw those. So they have a, they have a goat season. Uh, it starts September 1st within 14C. We apply guys for it. Um, it's, it's rugged country. We're hunting glacial country. We're hunting, um, you know, they're living in the brush. We have a very, very healthy mountain goat population because it's uh the hunts in september uh the first part of september the hair is good and we can still access them um we wait till october your access would be would be drastically reduced because of the weather and, and where you could get around so um i tell guys if you're looking at going for a goat hunt apply chances of drawing are much greater um knock on wood We've, we've run 100% success last year. Um, uh, we had, you know, killed some really, really nice billies. Um, but if you're trying to kill a Boone and Crockett billy, th- this isn't the place for you. If you're trying to harvest a really nice billy and have a great hunt, this is the hunt you need to, to apply for. And what are the, what's the rough odds on drawing those? That's about 30% chance of drawing a goat tag. So, um, you know, we have, we have one unit that's a harder draw, and it's a harder hunt, but there's a little bit better trophy quality um, that we put guys into. But when I say it's a harder hunt, on a 1 to 10, it's a 10. Um, and so uh, some guys we have put in for that doesn't have as good. It has about a 10% chance of drawing, and then the other spot has about a 30% chance of drawing. Okay. Uh, let's shift gears and talk about Cinder River Lodge. Uh, and your brown bear hunting, and then talk also about you do grizzly bear hunts as well. Talk about, you know, just bear in general and, and where you do them and how those hunts operate. Yeah, that's, it's, the bear hunting has kind of really become the backbone of our business. Um, uh, the bear populations are good, and just the season structures allow us to, to have a longer season. So we have brown bear down at Cinder River, um, we have a large exclusive concession, so we're the only people that can operate there. It's a, it's in Antioch Check National Park and Preserve, the least visited national park in, in the United States. Very hard to access, very difficult to access, but uh, we have a lodge there and a base of operation that allows us to, um, to get down there and, and do a good job. I have a Super Cub pilot on staff, so I have a plane there the whole time, and, and we have about 15 different spike camps. And, uh, and we have a season, we have one season each calendar year. So this upcoming uh, 2020, we'll have a spring season, and we still got a couple spots available for, for brown bear. And then we'll get done with doing brown bear in May and move right up into Uniclete where we do grizzly bear. The one thing about, you know, hunting bears, it's the hardest animal to judge because they all look big and they, they're usually out in the open. You have very little to judge them by. Um, but because we do brown bear and we do grizzly bear, the guides get uh, see a lot of bears. That's the only way you get good at, at sexing, aging, and, and field judging them. And so not saying we can't make mistakes because we still do once in a while, but the guides have gotten really good because the difference between 
a boar and a sow. If I say that's a boar, it ends up being a sow. I'm, I'm probably about a foot off in size. And so one of the first things we got to do when we're judging bears and guys come on bear hunt is make sure that we get the, the sex right because that, that determines a lot of what we're doing when we're judging size. So um, we go up to Uniclip. We hunt spring and fall bears up there. Um, we do that in the spring until June 15th. And we have a super, you know, we got a concession that's about 100 miles by 100 miles, and, and we got lots of bears. And it's, uh, it's kind of fun because the country's open, the country's rolling hills, but we do it kind of like a sheep camp. We fly in, land at a spot, set up a little camp there, and, and hike around a lot. And if we need to, we put everything on our back and, and take off for three or four days. I noticed you said it's kind of fun. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Everything in Alaska is kind of fun. Because um, the rest of it It's is, not like me in Arizona right now sitting out here talking in my yard in shorts. That kind of fun. It's, it's, it's no, kind of fun. <laughs> it, it, it's, probably, it's a probably like one of the few, like the few complaints that we've had, we've had multiple times is guys would come off the hunt and they would go, that wasn't fun. And, and, and I go, I wasn't selling fun. Like, I don't, I don't ever remember saying it was going to be fun. Like, that was never, I was never like, you'll have a really good time. The only thing that's fun about doing some of these hunts is taking pictures, and when you get home, having that memory burned into your brain. Because, you know, we always have this little fun motto, you want, you want to have fun, go to the state fair. Because this Alaska isn't always fun. And we think back on your hunt. And I remember after we're shooting your ram and we're hiking out and it is pouring rain and we <laughs> all look like we're drowned rats. Yeah, There's wet dogs. Nothing, nothing fun other than we got a great big ram on our back. Yeah, and, you know, exactly. Um, I kind of like to say we specialize in memories more than we specialize yeah. in fun. <laughs> uh, okay, that's your brown bear hunting. Talk about your uh, grizzly bear hunting. Don't you also do those? Yeah, yeah. Up in Uniclete, and those are the ones. Those are the ones that we're doing backpack style, and we're doing brown bear hunting. We don't move around too much. Um, they're just they're a little bit more sensitive. But the grizzly bear hunts that we do in the spring, we do backpack. In the fall, we got a couple hunts we do where we do a float trip. Um, Guys come in, and we fly in, and, and we land, and um, it's a hunt that I did with, uh, with Jason uh, multiple times. He, he thought it was one of the most fun hunts he ever had. And we'll airdrop a raft down by the creek and, um, and float this river. Um, basically, you're kind of in the in-between stage. The bears are just pulling off the fish, and they're moving up looking for berries. It's, it's kind of getting late in the year, so they're moving all day, and you're just kind of... Um, you know, you might catch one on the river, and you might catch one up in the berry patch, and you're just covering a lot of country. So the grizzly bear stuff is uh, is cool. It's a cool country, and, and, and you just you just cover a lot more area. Lance, as well, in the summer, you do have some fishing opportunities and family opportunities. Uh, are you still doing those? Yes, we are. You know, it's... Um, We'll do at our lodge at Cinder River. We do about three weeks of fishing down there. It's a, it's a great time um, in the sense that I got the whole family there. 
we're mostly doing family trips, you know, six to eight guests. Um, a lot of times it's a guy who's come hunting with us, and he wants to bring his family and, and, and let them experience Alaska in a more um, conducive setting. And, and, and so we do those trips. And then we do a couple uh, float trips just north of Anchorage where we fly in and um, float down a river, 60 miles of floating down a river, fishing, setting up camp as we go. And it's a, just a great experience to be able to see Alaska. And, and like you said, when we, like on our sheep hunts, which are taking place, you know, we pick hunters up in Alaska, and some of our fishing trips that start out of Anchorage, getting to Anchorage is easy. Once we right. start going outside of that, you know, your logistical challenges start, start to increase. And so, especially for the sheep guys, I always say, man, you know, you got done with your sheep hunt, you know, we hiked out a day, next day you're at the, you're I was at the airport. Anchorage. Yeah, at the airport, yeah. ready to go home. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, Lance, talk about uh, what shows you will be at this year so anybody listening um, can come by and say hi to you and Nikki and, and the crew. Yeah, so we'll be at the Wild Sheep Show. Um, that's in Reno. That's, that, that's probably our most enjoyable show in the sense that the, I have the whole, uh, all the guides come to that show. Um, I'll have Nikki and the kids will be there. Um, we just... It's, it's a great time. And then we'll be at National SCI. So those are the two shows we do. Um, you know, it, it's nice. We get to see everybody. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not a great salesman. So, we, you know, the shows are a lot of times um, word of mouth type of stuff. So uh, we get a chance to, to, you know, interact with guys. And guys get to find out, like, we're not for everybody. And I'm, I make no bones about that. I, when I very first started, I said, I thought, you know, I wanted to be the outfitter that everybody could come with. And I, I, it took me a while to figure out, you know, we have a certain style and we have a certain way that it works really well for us. And if we deviate from that, um, it, it gets outside of our lane and, and we're not successful. So some guys come and they meet us and they go, man, you're exactly who I want to go with. And we have other guys come and meet us and go, yeah, you guys are, like, too intense, too hardcore. It's too wet, cold, and miserable. I'm looking for more fun, and that's, and that's fine. It's better to find that out before we're on the hill. Yeah, for sure. Lance, I want to conclude today, talk a little bit about gear. Um, I know you've been an integral part of uh, helping Jason and Brendan over at QU, um, you know, for many, many years with the design and stuff of a lot of the different products at QU. Uh, but for, for guys that are planning to come to Alaska, go through, talk for five minutes or so a little bit on, you know, how important having gear that you can trust and, and gear that you understand and, and that works, how important that is. You know, since the evolution of, of better gear, it's, it's made the hunts more enjoyable. It's made our jobs easier. It's made everybody uh, more comfortable. Um, and there's, there's, you know, Kuyu and, and other companies are, are always striving to make things better. Uh, you know, Brendan came hunting with me this year again, and, um, and every year we're sitting on the hill and um, tearing stuff apart, like where, where, what needs to be improved. And, you know, I don't, uh, I know it's hard for those guys sometimes, and I know they don't always enjoy it, but uh, one of the, 
one of the things that was nice is because Jason and I were were such good friends, and Brendan and I are are, are great friends. I can be brutally honest with them, and I can say this needs to change. And they're they're continuing to always evolve because Alaska is not the lower 48. What you need in Alaska is not exactly what you need in the lower 48. And um, the the gear is crucial, and you got to see it on your hunt. Um, you know, there are certain things that worked really well, and there are certain things that don't work well. And um, uh, we're finding you know we're finding guys who are showing up going right down our gear list which is very specific and they're showing up going man i sure am glad i followed this gear list because i thought i needed x and it wouldn't have worked and um and i don't think people really understand when we say it's wet um, when we get bad weather i mean you you don't get to dry out so the the gear you need here is so important and um and they're making good gear, and it's getting better and better out there all the time. And um, anybody, you're, no matter who you're hunting with, whether it's us or anybody in Alaska, um, having the right gear is a game changer on your hunt. Sure is, absolutely. Well, Lance, I know you're busy. I know you've got to get going. Um, really appreciate you spending time talking to us about Alaska. Uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you down the road, and I'm still in my waiting period for the tall sheep. So. Um, I can't wait till I can apply again. I recommend everyone out there listening, apply for Alaska, get your name in the hat, uh, get a hold of Nikki, and uh, she will help you with the application. Makes it very, very easy. Uh, Lance, why don't you uh, give us, and I'll link it up in the show notes, uh, how we can get a hold of you, uh, how, how the guys listening can also see more about you, your websites, phone numbers, whatever it may be. Uh, and uh, thanks again for sharing with us. Hey, no problem. And I, I do want to say, the last three years, we have had someone draw. And when they draw a hunt and they say, I say, hey, man, how did you hear about us? They said, man, I wasn't even going to apply. And I heard you on the, the J. Scott podcast, and I applied, and I drew a tag. So, you know. <laughs> That's good. It, it's, it, it has guys... They're, they're, they they do draw. So um, you can get a hold of us. The best way to get a hold of us is email. And that's freelanceoa at mac.com. Our website is uh, freelanceoutdooradventures.com, and uh, there's an email link on that. Um, guys can try me on my cell phone, which is 907-854-2822. Um, you know, we don't got great service always in Alaska, and I'm traveling, and I, I just hate you know, not trying to get back to everybody. And, and Nikki is always making sure that uh, if you email that, that uh, uh, if you got specific questions she can't answer, she'll let you know and I'll be back around. So um, if guys want to contact us, you know, I, I try to make sure and, and get back to everybody. Awesome. One last question. Did you get your game room? When we were there, you were just kind of starting on the game room and the addition to your house. Did you get it done? It is weathered in. And it has a Christmas tree in it right now, but it, it, it's, it's on hold for a little while, but at least it's weathered in and good to go. So, yeah, we're, we're enjoying it in its rough format. Right on. Sounds good. All right, buddy. God bless. Thanks for sharing with us, okay? All right. Thanks, bud. All right. Be safe. Okay. Bye. Bye.